Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and or girls. This is Fantasy Football Hush Reality. The first two weeks have been ripe with some very harsh reality. One of my teams came crashing down. You know, I'm in seven leagues. I far started this season, week one, six and one, and lost that one game by half a point. I ended up winning in that league the next week. But, of course, everything kind of evened out. We realized who's really going to be getting what. Week two, so very informative, so very educational in terms of what is actually going to play out in the scheming of these teams for the remainder of the season. Week one's always kind of a weird anomaly. So, of course, instead of six and one, I went three and four, and I was happy to get those three. I mean, the wheels shot off some of those teams, but... We're going to try and turn it around, especially I used, I lost Dak Prescott. So I thought I had a very solid choice in Matt Tryon with the Indianapolis Colts heading down to Jacksonville. And as you know, that morning I'm making my breakfast, having my little, my special coffee my Sunday ritual, and I see Michael Pittman inactive for the game, and I'm like, I mean, he still has Jonathan Taylor, he still has Paris Campbell, he still has options, I mean, he'll find a way to make this work, I felt, I mean, especially in Jacksonville, I just felt the run game will open up the pass, he'll be fine, still get somewhere around 250 yards, two touchdowns, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, reality. Uh, apparently, Matt Cryan is awful without Michael Pittman. But the good news is he's back for week three. And week three, the, you know, three is a magical number. Three is the number of balance. Three is when things, you know, you come into focus. You really see what you've got. And that's why this week our theme is third times the charm. Or three strikes and you're out. Um, that's the way it's going to be. This week, uh, there's some guys that we've expected to go off who haven't. But they had probably very challenging defenses that they were facing in those first two weeks. And I'm right now, I'm looking down the barrel at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow didn't had a very rough, uh, although, I mean, the numbers weren't terrible. 21 points week one, 18 points week two, but you were expecting more. This is a guy that was having 50-point games down the stretch last year, and, you know, they lost in the Super Bowl, so you're thinking they're coming back with fire and hunger, and instead they're 0-2. They're suffering a worse Super Bowl hangover than the Rams. Oh, my word, but this week... Third time's the charm. Talk about a get-right game. The Jets, uh, now, I mean, yes, they are improved. They're not, and I know what you're thinking, now Flacco looked great, and this is what Flacco does. Flacco gives you one of these games where he, where he looks like the Super Bowl champion that he was, but trust me, he will... Much like Geno Smith will float right back to being exactly who he is. A old man with an old arm on a not great team, perennially bad team, who is better under Robert Sala, but still is yet to really change who they are the way the Patriots did from the 90s to from everything up to the 2000s to the 2000s. 
forward. But this is the week. Joe Burrow. I like him. I also like, uh, so third time's the charm for him. Christian McCaffrey. Okay, again, not terrible numbers. 13 points week one, 18 points week two against the Giants. You were expecting, but with McCaffrey, again, like Burrow, you high draft, a lot of second in most of the leagues that I'm in, second was Christian McCaffrey. If not, I think the lowest he went was probably third. Christian McCaffrey has a tough matchup this week against New Orleans. But I do think this is the week that they realize, you know what? Baker isn't that much better than Darnold. And he isn't getting the ball downfield the way we hoped. We really do need to, one, give the ball to McCaffrey. And two, tell Baker to check down to McCaffrey. If he doesn't see it right away down the field, just check it down to McCaffrey and let him work his magic. And I think we see that this week against New Orleans. And New Orleans is a very... I don't expect a great game for Baker. I expect a great game from McCaffrey. New Orleans, great defense, but I just I think it's, this is, he's going to get it done this week. They're going to figure it out, and they're just basically going to get him the ball more. And that's all you got to do with McCaffrey. Just give him the ball. He'll do it from there. Kyle Pitts. Boy, how appropriate has that last name become? <laughs> he has been the pits. Oh, so bad. Um, three points. Then another three points the following week. Not in, in my mind, it was Kelsey was number one by far, which I have a lot of stocks of Kelsey because I felt like there was a major advantage to be had this season at the tight end position. Because th there was no depth. Because you either had one of the guys or you had nobody. And that is proven to be completely true. Very few teams consider that. And I knew Kelsey with the departure of Tyreek. And those were, there. Kelsey was going to be one, one A, two, and three by a mile. Now, the only guy that seemed like he had a choice, excuse me, the only guy that seemed like he had a chance to compete with that was Kyle Pitts because you were looking at an offense that had Mariota, a dynamic, uh, although not tremendous quarterback. But his only other option is his rookie wide receiver in Drake London. You figure, and Kyle Pitts looked fantastic in preseason, and you know how much I trust the eye test, but they just aren't giving him the opportunities. I think this is the game. Third time's the charm versus Seattle. Which, not a bad defense, but not a great offense. So, I mean, these are two surprisingly evenly matched teams, I think, at very similar stages of their build and of their abilities. And I think this is going to turn out to be a great game for Kyle Pitts. DK Metcalf, on the other side of the ball, same game, exactly what I just said, same reasons. I mean, Geno Smith's trying to get in the wall, but it's Geno Smith, and I know he was, he completed, he had a high completion percentage in game one, wheels came off in week, week two. I think DK has a great opportunity against Atlanta, and much like Kyle Pitts, I think DK, and, and Tyler Lockett's been fairly consistent. He's been the safety valve, I think, so far, so not so much, but I think with DK, Third time's the charm. He's gonna get so he, he's gonna get some money. He's gonna get he's gonna get his money this week. 
Debo. Debo has been a bit of a disappointment. 11 points, 13 points. Again, not bad, but not what you're expecting from Debo. Now, he is going up against Denver, which unfortunately is number one against the wide receivers. So, not great. But, I just feel like it's prime time. It's Sunday night football. And in prime time, prime time players love to show off. They know the whole country's watching them. And if you think Debo, plus bringing back now, you got Garoppolo back in the saddle, which he was the guy. That chemistry already established. They know how this is going to work. It's like, it's like you left your wife wasn't, you know, I mean, things weren't exciting. She wasn't, she isn't the sexiest gal. Not everybody's like, oh my God, you know right? So you're like, but then you met this new hot young thing and you're like, ooh, this hot, but then it just didn't, you know? And then she like ran off on you, you know? She like quit on you out of nowhere and you're like, oh my God. I, I, and you get, you go running back. You're like, why man, you interesting. You're the only one for me. You're the only one I could be with on a daily basis. And she's like, yeah, cool. All right. I knew you'd be back. And so here we are. And that is Jimmy Garoppolo, the tried and true, not sexy, but gets the job done and is very reliable. So I like Debo to finally get it together and really deliver that 24 to 28 point game that we've been expecting. Derek Henry. I. <laughs> okay, so the problem that Tennessee is having is the problem they had in the playoff game last year, which is they were a Derrick Henry-centric offense. The plays were run, run, run. You know, if they had to, they'd throw on third, then run, run, run. I mean, because Derrick Henry... He's reminiscent of Le'Veon Bell in that you have to call the game for him. They have to block for him. It's a very specific style of football. He goes out, they switch into more of a passing game offense with a complementary passing running game that they ran with Dontell Hilliard and Deontay Foreman, who is a very different slashing back as opposed to the power, just smash run game that is Derrick Henry. So they, they changed, they morphed. Then Derrick Henry came back, and they did not switch back to the Derrick Henry-centric. They tried to do a hybrid and run Derrick Henry like he was Deontay Foreman, and it fucking fell apart. And now we're seeing this continue here in the next season. They're wanting to call the game, but now they don't have A.J. Brown, and they do have Derrick Henry. So hopefully, I think they figure it out. I think they realize that what they need to do is not try to pass the ball so much, Focus on just pounding the rock with Derrick Henry. Las Vegas is a great matchup. They're giving up the eighth most points to running back. They just to get back to that smash mouth, grind it out, you know, not glamorous football that is the Tennessee Titans. And I think they do that this week. I think the first game was weird. Second game there against Buffalo. So now, you know, they had to abandon the run quickly. I think this game, this is the one where Derrick Henry, the third time is the charm, baby. Brees Hall. Listen, I like Michael Carter. We have two similar situations happening here. One in New Jersey and then one down in Jacksonville. In the Jacksonville situation, James Robinson has proven there's no need to rush the ATN situation. He is doing fantastic. Bring in ATN to spell him, catch a third downer. You know, whereas I feel like in, the, in New York... 
for the Jets, I believe that Brees has slowly been kind of establishing himself, taking a, Michael Carter's been okay, but not doing what James Robinson is doing, which is just looking dynamite. I think this is the week that Brees Hall, third time's a charm. I think Brees Hall takes control of that backfield. I think this is the emergence week for Brees Hall. And now, three strikes and you're out. And unfortunately, I have to start with one of my beloved Dallas Cowboys, C.D. Lamb. Look, it's Monday Night Football. It's against the Giants. You know what you're dealing with in Cooper Rush. And Cooper Rush actually was more effective getting him the ball versus the Bengals than Dak Prescott was in the opener. Now, albeit in the opener versus Tampa Bay, an incredible defense, we just didn't look good. They shut us down, I, and I think we would have gotten that back together. And I think Cooper Rush demonstrates that you, the the offense would have come back together in that game. Didn't get a chance to do it. Cooper Rush, though, I think the thing like if he can't get him the ball, if CeeDee Lamb's numbers don't go up, if his targets don't go up, if his completions don't go up, if he doesn't score a touchdown, if you don't see that this game in prime time versus the Giants, where they're definitely going to have to throw the ball. I just think that you that, that you know that until Dak comes back in four or five more weeks, then CD Lamb, nope, you're out. Three strikes and you're out for Chicago. Everything I say that I, David Montgomery last week showed you what he can do. Obviously, week one again that pouring tsunami rain, which. Track the weather this week. It's going to be raining all along the eastern seaboard because of that hurricane that's been devastating the Caribbean. It's setting, you know, Buffalo's going to be rainy. New England's going to be rainy. Everybody's going to be rainy, which is going to affect these games. And that's the reason I like some of the run games more than some of the pass games in these. But CD Lamb, or, or sorry, Chicago. Okay, Justin Fields, never into him. Never was like, oh my God, you got to I remember in my dynasty draft, which I've only done one. This is the first one I've ever done it. And we'll see. I, I'm not a big fan of it so far. The idea that I'm stuck with these guys for life. I'm like, this isn't fantasy. This is a little closer to reality. <laughs> but uh, people were like, you could have gotten Justin Fields right there. And I'm like, you can fucking have him. I don't want Justin Fields. I'm sorry. I I think he goes on the pile with Sam Darnold and, you know, all these guys that, you know, thank you for playing. No, you, you're not it. You just ain't got it. You're not, you're not going to be it. I don't think Justin, I, I'm not buying it. But this is it. Three strikes, you're out. This is the big season. New coach, right? You got a new coach. Supposed to be all so much better. So let's see it. But, you know, I mean, put up or shut up. Game three, you are starting to put some. But, and so this applies to Darnell Mooney, who I drafted in one league and have now replaced with Jacoby Myers, which you should too. And Cole Komet, who I, I thought last week might be his opportunity to show up. And he looked great. Again, the eye test. I love the eye test. He looked great in preseason, but he is doing, I mean, he's the winner of the Blutarski two weeks in a row. Zero point zero. Oh, my God.
So everybody in Chicago, three strikes, one more bad game. Get out! Rashad Penny. You know, I like you, man. You got all the potential, but now it looks like it is a full committee situation there. And see, I can't blame you. All you guys keep getting hurt. So, yeah, spread that harm around. Let everybody take that punishment. <laughs> Rashad, I mean, he started out great, but he only got seven points. And he had one lousy point last week. He's got a great matchup in Atlanta. So, if he doesn't show up and show something like he's taking over this backfield... No, Michael Walker, you sit down over there. I'm going to run this game. This should be a heavy Rashad Penny day versus Atlanta. If it's not, you're out. All right. Cam Akers. This is Los Angeles, Cam. This is Hollywood. Who are you? Are you the leading man? Are you a co-star? Are you even a day player? We need to figure out who you are. This is game three. First game, week one, weird anomaly. You were nothing. Second game, you're a co-star. Looked like you were the leading man. Wound up the co-star. Now, are you even someone we can play on daily? Show me something, man. This is it. Strike three coming up. But you don't show up. We don't see something out of you this week. You're out. Zeke Elliott. No, I'm not ready yet. No. Zeke, this is, they're finally calling the game the way they should be calling the game with Dak, which is run, run, run to set up the pass. Not pass, pass, pass. Oh shit, run it. So Zeke, Giants, you're up against Saquon on the other side. You should be motivated now. You've given us 5.4 points two weeks in a row. How you managed to hit the same exact shitty number twice, I will never know. This is it. Third strike and you're out. And the thing is, sadly, I feel like for both CeeDee Lamb, considering the Cooper Rush situation, and Zeke Elliott, just the situation of being what it is, I think this stacks up best for Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard's going to be the most viable fantasy player on that team going forward. But Zeke, this is it. Three strikes. You're out. Feeling. The fuck happened to you? You used to be Mr. Consistent. And that was with Stephon Diggs. Now you got Justin Jefferson and you can't catch a slant? Come on. Come on, man. You killing me, dog. And it's not, I like you. 5.7 points. You're on it. You listen, this, if this, I'll tell you this, and this offense needs to figure this out. You have to get him involved. Otherwise, they're just all over Jefferson. If you're not hitting Thielen, you saw what happened. And wh who did you have to go to late in the second half to try and pull out that victory? And you couldn't because you weren't in rhythm because you hadn't been hitting him all night. Adam Thielen. Quit just seeing Justin Fields. Get the ball to Adam Thielen. Help open up this fucking pass game and the run game. So this is it. Three strikes. Yeah. All right. And now, temper your expectations. There are some guys this week, just because of the matchup, 
You're going to have to temper your expectations, although I'm sure you're expecting the moon. I'm starting with Lamar Jackson. Look, I know. I saw last week, too. That shit was exciting against, uh, you know, an ostensibly decent Miami defense. But this year, this week, rather, they go up against New England in what is going to be very rainy weather. And, of course, New England famously. What's New England going to do on defense? Take away your best player. Who's your best player? Lamar. He's not just the best player. He's the whole fucking team. So, New England will focus on taking Lamar Jackson away. And if he does, well, then they don't have a chance to win the game. They will spy him. They will do everything they can. Can they stop him even doing that? Because he is the kind of athlete that it doesn't matter if you put a spy on him. He can juke him right out of his jock. So, I do think he still scores points, especially on his feet, running to the outside. I think if he runs up the middle, he might. he's going to risk getting hurt. He needs to stay away from running up the gut because that's where the spy is going to be. But I think he can. He'll be able to get to the outside and he'll be able to pick up some yards. So will it be 60 points like last week? No. But will he wind up still with, I think, 23 to 28? Easy. And I see it more like a 28 game, which is still amazing. But, you know, when you're coming off a 60-pointer, you're kind of expecting, you know, you, you, you begin to think, you know, perspective is everything, people. Perspective is everything. Temper your expectations with Carson Wentz. I know he gave you 31 points last week, looking like he was a real gem. But Carson Wentz is still Carson Wentz. And they're up against Philly, which it, Philly is on fire. Philly, absolutely. And I say this as a Cowboys fan who despises Philadelphia almost as much as they despise the Cowboys, which is an unearthly amount of despite, despise. I, I, I don't understand why they hate the Cowboys. So I worry that Wentz is going to be demolished. I don't think he's going to find a lot of open lanes. I think he's going to throw some interceptions. I think it's going to be a very, very bad game for Wentz. Temper your expectations. Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. It's so funny. It's like they're shadow boxing. I mean, there's they have no one to throw to. Aaron should have Aaron Jones and... Alan Lazard is in there, but he didn't look like a world beater last week. So I don't expect, just don't expect much. I think most people, some people drop Tom Brady. Some people, Aaron Rodgers went undrafted in one of my leagues. I picked him up to be my backup. Leave him on the bench if you can. Although, if you lost uh, Dak, maybe you go trade for one or pick him up. Herbert. Okay, here's the thing about Herbert. I love Herbert. I got him in one of my leagues, in my dynasty league. He, he, the guy's a gem. Here's the thing. Uh, he's he's injured. So even if he starts, even if he starts, he doesn't finish. One good shot to those ribs, and they're going to be like, no, no, pull him, pull him, pull him. So you're going to wind up with a half in, half out. If you have another option, I would recommend playing them. Even if Herbert is a go, I wouldn't go with him. Plus that, it makes it hard to throw. I mean, that's your rib cartilage. Think about that motion. Like, there's no way 
that you can do that without feeling it in that and ripping at it and then someone's trying to hit it and then you have to run. I just, even if, I think the best plan is to not start Herbert uh, for the Chargers in real life. Just don't do it. Just go ahead and say it's Chase Daniels for everybody's good measure because the fact of the matter is even if he starts, I doubt he finishes the game. I, I In fact, I would just say he will not finish it. He won't finish the game because it won't be worth it. At a certain point, they'll pull him out for his own safety. He'll want to play, and they're like, no, 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 you're hurting yourself too much. We need this thing to heal, not get worse. You sit down, in goes Chase Daniel. Now, I will say this, a little sneaky move, a little sneaky move, a little sneaky move. If Chase Daniels goes in, if they declare Herbert out, Chase Daniels is going, you get on Daily Fantasy, or maybe if you got a, a lineup where you're not super stoked about your defense, and you play the Jag, I guarantee you the Jaguars defense is sitting there right now. Now, this is a team, this is a defense that just shut out Indianapolis. Granted, without Pittman, but they still had Jonathan Taylor, and they slowed him, they turned him to dust. So, if Chase Daniels isn't there, in Daily Fantasy, get on there, they're probably super cheap, play that Jaguars defense, I bet they have a really great day versus Chase Daniels. Now let's talk about guys getting back on track. Choo-choo! Back on track. Choo-choo! Jonathan Taylor versus Kansas City. I think this is going to be a pretty active, uh, high-scoring game. I think Jonathan Taylor, they realized their big mistake last week was that they relied on Matt trying more than Jonathan Taylor. It was so dumb. It was killing me. So I think this year... This week, it all goes better because Pittman's back. And apparently he, again, there are some players, if you look at Pittsburgh defense with JT Watt, there are some guys that are so pivotal that when you lose them, everything goes off keel. So Pittman's back. So I think JT gets back on track. And in fact, I actually think Matt Ryan gets back on track. I don't hate him as an option this week, so long as Michael Pittman plays. Russ Wilson versus San Francisco. Now, you're probably thinking, why is he back on track and not in third time is the charm? Because I actually think back on track means he's going to continue to suck. Uh, his, as it turns out, Russ is not that good of a cook. Uh, this food tastes like very meh, very meh cooking. And I think we're just going to get more of that all season long. I, I don't think it was a play-calling issue. I think it was uh, Russell Wilson maybe his past his prime issue. But third time's the charm. Maybe this is the week he proves me wrong. We'll see. But he's up against San Francisco. I don't know. Very, very good defense in San Francisco. Kirk Cousins. Uh, he should get back on track. He, he took uh, just an embarrassing ass beating. Uh, at the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles. And now he gets Detroit, which, while Detroit is vastly improved, they got a great rusher in Aiden Hutchinson. They got, I think Cousins gets it. He gets his head on straight. And I think, much like Matt Ryan, I think he finds his way back into having a pretty good game. It's a good matchup. I think uh, he gets back on track. And now it's time for Fitting to Go Off. Who's fitting to go off to this week? I'll tell you who's fitting to go off. Jared Goff is fitting to go off. 
<laughs> He's versus Minnesota, which that Minnesota defense is clearly not what we thought it was. They got shredded by Philadelphia. Granted, Jalen Hurts, very unique athlete. Goff, not the same athlete, but Goff is playing great. In fact, one of my long shot bets that I made for the season is that the year, the touchdown passing leader, the yards leader for QBs would be Jared Goff because the odds were fantastic. I think it was like 4,001 or some shit. But I really believe he has a shot to do that. I think he's going to have a very good season. I think that continues this week. I think he has another another great game, very high scoring game. You know who's fitting to go off? Damian Pierce fitting to go off. Okay, we saw it in the preseason, right? The kid was exciting. He's making moves. Then the game won. You know, they had that weird game. It didn't look good. They went with all Burkhead. It was fucking bizarre. But then game two, he showed you what we saw in preseason. He was finishing runs and getting those extra three, four yards. This week versus Chicago Bears, who just, you know, keep getting slapped around by the universe. I think this is the game where Damian Pierce establishes himself as one of the new running back names, sort of like a J Jonathan. Not, I'm not saying he's going to be Jonathan Taylor, but I'm saying he's going to show you that he is a big name running back coming down the pike. <laughs> you know who's fitting to go off? Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, a little up and down here to start the season, but he's got a great win versus Tennessee. I think this is going to be a great matchup there at home. I think I like Devontae Adams to go off in this one. You know who else I have a vibe on? And I know I shouldn't. But if you look at it emotionally, you know, that's what this show's about. Everybody's got the numbers. This show's about that emotional drive. Jimmy G. He's not projected to do very much. I know he's Mr. You know, he's, you know, that your old, he's your old lady. Right? She isn't super sexy, but she's there, and she cleans, and she cooks. Jimmy G, I've got a vibe. You know, he got the team back, got him back on track, got him a win. And I feel like this week, he's going to go out there ready to show that everybody is just wrong about him. And even though Denver is a tremendous defense, I believe they're, num they're number one against the pass, I think Jimmy G has a very good day. I think he throws two touchdowns. Somewhere around 250 yards. Not huge boffo numbers, but at the end of the day, I think just a beautiful, really consistent, this guy's our guy kind of performance. I think for Garoppolo, maybe even hits three touchdowns, but I don't think he cracks 300 yards passing because that's just not what San Francisco does. But I do think he has a great game, and I, I think he, for Gar Garoppolo level, go off. So instead of 17 points, I think you see 23 points. Jags defense, I told you why. If Herbert doesn't play, I think they might go off. And they go off. All right. And oddly, even though it's going to be raining up in Buffalo, Waddle. Jalen Waddle, who's been hot. And this isn't like, oh, where'd you get that? I mean, here's the thing, though. Micah Hyde out. He's already been declared out for Buffalo. So most of the primary coverage is going to have to move over to and focus on Tyree Kill, which is this is what I was expecting. This is why he was my keeper. This is why I have him in like three leagues because when that focus goes over to Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, you know, catches it on a slant, takes it up fucking 27 yards. Then they start focusing on Waddle. All of a sudden Tyreek gets you on the back end. I think even though it's going to be rainy, even though it's Buffalo, I think Waddle is still a must start. And obviously Tyreek, you have to put him out there because all he needs is one 90-yarder, which I think he still will get. Now, if Micah Hyde were playing, I would 
say no. But with him out, I think I think Waddle's fitting to go off, and I think Tyreek might too still. It's going to be hard to stop him over four quarters. And now let's talk sleepers. Everybody has sleepers. Listen, you need a dart throw. Maybe somebody you need to pin in there cheap in daily fantasy. Here's some guys I like. Paris Campbell, uh, obviously, because against the Chiefs. And, again, Michael Pittman being back. I think that, with Michael Pittman there, that's what opens up Paris Campbell. Obviously, without him, he's useless. But with him, he, you know, he'll get you some points. Dontrell Hilliard, again, he's back for Tennessee. I think, you know, if they do the play calling that they reverted to in week one, well, that could mean a big day for Dontrell Hilliard, especially if they're trailing and they don't want to go with the plotting run style anymore, which could absolutely be the case. Then Dontrell Hilliard could be the RB for the second half, catching passes, making plays. So, possible sleeper. Darnell Mooney. I mean, listen, like I, this is it. Three strikes. If he did this week, it ain't never for him this season. Nelson Aguilar. I love him over at New England. Baltimore sucks against the, you know, and they'll be focusing on Jacoby Myers a little bit more. Nelson Aguilar. He's the deep ball threat. He's the sleeper. Plug him in there. Get them. If you need somebody cheap, get uh, Nelson Aguilar. Marvin Jones. Again, the Chargers defense is very, very good. The now... I like what's happening in Jacksonville with Lawrence. I will say this, and I, I, I've said this. I don't remember if I put it in my draft special or not. I meant to, but there were some big predictions that I just didn't get to. One of them was I do believe Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson are going to be the new Brady Belichick for the next 10 years. I really honestly believe that. I think... These two were, this is the coming together of two careers meant to connect. And this is the next you're going to see. And I think this might be the week. And if that happens, you know, Chargers defense, great rush. He's going to be under duress. I think Trevor Lawrence might have to run. He's going to pick up some run yards, but he's going to have to get past Christian Kirk because, oh, uh, JC, is it JC Jackson that's out? Yes, JC Jackson is doubtful. So if he doesn't play, Asante Samuels becomes a man. They'll be, he'll be all over Christian Kirk. Derwin James, still there, but he gets a little, you know, but I think that still opens it up for Marvin Jones. I think Marvin Jones might be a sleeper this week, but that is, it's a pretty heavy dart throw. If you've really used up all your other money in daily, you might you consider uh, Marvin Jones. But more so than that, Dorch. At Arizona, he's become the clear-cut number two behind Marquise Brown. Jalen Ramsey is going to be on Brown, like quite on rice. So, Dorch, that opens the door for Dorch. The Dorch is wide open. Leave the Dorch open for me. I'm coming in. Oh, I'll see myself out. All right, so that's it. Listen, you guys, week three, I know, already week three, already week three. It's shocking because think about the three weeks of preseason and how long those felt. <laughs> and how short these, you know, and also we have Monday and then two days later we have Thursday night football and then a few days later we have that. So it's nice that it's spread out and it just makes it every week go so much better and so much faster. I love it so much. I made one mistake on Thursday night. I played Deontay Johnson over Amari Cooper because I chose the safe floor over the high ceiling and the high ceiling paid off. So uh, I think Amari Cooper is a must start going forward because Jacoby Brissett has decided he is not a placeholder. He wants to be QB one somewhere next season and he's playing like it. 
So he might be worth picking up if you're still trying to place Dak. All right, you guys. Fantasy football, harsh reality. I'm Greg Romero Wilson. Follow me on the socials at Greg Romero Wilson, except Twitter. That's still at the Greg Wilson because they don't let me have enough characters for Greg Romero Wilson. So that's what's up. Thank you guys so much. And uh, I hope all your fantasies come true.